grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Alleluia. Christ has risen. He has risen indeed. Alleluia. The Word of God comes to us today from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 20. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he'd said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. I'm pleased to be with you today and to bring you greetings from our community at Lutheran High up in St. Charles County. There, I am a German teacher, and if you've ever tried to teach high school students German, well, you know that I also qualify for the job title of miracle worker. Also, it's an opportunity for me to return the uh, favor that Pastor Smith did for me a number of years ago when I was ordained and he came and spoke at that service. I was just a young boy back then. Well, I've been where you are today. Some stranger shows up unexpectedly to lead the service and you're a little bit anxious because you don't know what he's capable of doing, right? Well, let me tell you, there are some people here today who know me very well, and they're really perched on the edges of their pews because they do know what I'm capable of saying and doing. Well, if you're feeling a little anxious today, it's nothing compared to the anxiety in that locked room where the disciples were hiding. It was so bad, I think, that you could describe what was going on in their hearts and minds from the words of Psalm 31. Because of all my adversaries, I have become a reproach, especially to my neighbors and an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I've been forgotten like one who is dead. I have become a broken vessel, for I hear the whispering of many, terror on every side. If they only could have known the unexpected wonder that was about to take place in that room. You see, Jesus was about to do what he had spoken about earlier. He told the disciples in Mark 3 this. In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. You see, Jesus was an established infiltrator. He was good at breaking into places. In the early church, they asserted that Jesus had penetrated into enemy territory by his incarnation and birth from the Virgin Mary. Because this place was ruled by the powers arrayed against him. And the devil claimed everyone and every square inch, and we were enslaved by them because we had fallen into sin. Well, by his death and his resurrection, Jesus had now bound the strong man, and he was about to plunder what was his, us. 
Well, that was not completely unexpected. You see, the authorities had heard rumors that Jesus was going to rise from the dead. Or as they thought, the disciples would steal his remains and make it look like he was alive again. There would be no end of trouble if that happened. So, the temple authorities put a seal on that stone enclosing the tomb to show that there would be evidence if anybody had attempted that. And the Romans put an armed guard there. Nobody was going to get that body out of there. And so you have the combined forces of church and state determined to keep Jesus in that tomb and keep him dead. Well, that was simply not going to happen. We know what took place. Jesus is also good at breaking out of places. And when the angel appeared to the great discomfort of that guard, they saw the truth. He was no longer there. He had risen. Well, his disciples, meanwhile, are in a very bad way. Locked up in that room, they could only expect what they were familiar with. Arrest, torment, execution. Just as they had done to Jesus. And it wasn't like they felt like they were so righteous that this couldn't have happened. After all, who had betrayed Jesus? Who denied him? Who had abandoned him? Things just couldn't have been any worse. And what if Jesus really were alive? After the way they treated him, would he want anything to do with them? But Jesus, you see, as he had said, was not going to lose even one of those whom the Father had given to him. And he appeared in that room. Now, there have been scholars over the years, I don't know why, but they like to do this, to speculate how Jesus got into that locked room. There is the secret passage explanation. And there's those who said they forgot to lock the door after Thomas left. And there's even the through the open window theory. But actually, Jesus didn't really need these things. And when he was in that room, to everyone's amazement, he told them why he was there. To give them the peace that the world cannot give. To give them the forgiveness of sins. To impart on them his Holy Spirit. Well, and he would send them in the same fashion out into the world to deliver these same things that he'd given to them. You know, I've thought of what a wonderful, wonderful experience that must have been. The contrast from despair to joy. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be in that room, that very room where Jesus appeared and gave these wonderful gifts? I've often thought that would be wonderful, but then I realized uh, with the uh, pitiful, uh, Americans' pitiful ignorance of geography, most couldn't even find Jerusalem on the map, Right? It used to be different. You know, when I was in school, we learned a lot of geography. We, we colored uh, and, and drew maps with crayons. We made relief maps by mixing flour and water and putting it on cardboard, say the United States. We showed, you know, all the prominent places, the Rocky Mountains, 
uh, Great Plains, Disney World. And if you put too much water into that paste, it would, well, the major population centers like St. Louis would slide off into uncharted areas on the floor. I also know that at one time, not long ago, the Czech Republic and Slovakia were in fact the same country known as Hungary. And you're thinking, wow, he's smart. I'll bet he was educated in Europe. No, actually it was Oklahoma. Well, anyway, with all of that, with our pitiable knowledge, where can we find a place to receive the same things that Jesus came and gave to them? Well, we have nowhere to go where there are numbered institutions that give us essential services. You go down to the DMV, and there they take your picture for a driver's license. You always look angry because that's how you look when the police officer shows up and pulls you over. And you send people to school to learn geography, right? Everything else you get from Amazon.com. Where can you find an institution to give you what is essential for life, eternal life? Well, in fact, there is such a place, and it is the Christian church. Now, sometimes that doesn't seem so engaging because we often like to ask, well, what is the church? Well, it's all the people and believers in it. But you know what? I have my doubts because as I'm sitting in Sunday services, I know I'm in the church, I'm a believer, but I'm not so sure that guy behind me who's always got his iPhone out is really a believer, right? So when it's based on us, there's always room for doubt. Let's start with Christ, who gave us these gifts, who is the head of the church, and has attached his command and his promise to the things that the church delivers to us. Delivers to us here in this space. You know, we confess this, the Lutherans do, in Article 7 of the Augsburg Confession. We take away the doubt. Where is the church? Where is it? It's wherever the gospel is proclaimed and the sacraments are rightly administered. There is where you receive what Christ has to give to his people. Peace the forgiveness of sins, the Holy Spirit. Who else can deliver to you the forgiveness of sins? And it's like Jesus penetrating everything that separates us from the Father, our guilt, our sorrow, the burdens of this life, which so often we seem we're just inadequate to take care of. He comes and strengthens us, and gives us everything he has, and when he's given us everything he has, he gives us even more. The forgiveness of sins. We know from the catechism that where is, there is the forgiveness of sins, there is life and salvation. The disciples didn't believe, none of them, not just Thomas, until they did, because they saw their Lord and Savior. We see by faith, receiving all that they received. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen.